are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on January 18th of 2021. Uh, you know, got a pretty fun episode today. We're going to jump to the AL Central breakdown. Um, we had another potential or another potential Hall of Fame or future Hall of Famer retire. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. And, um, you know, I know we had said at the end of last episode that we were going to talk about the Hall of Fame um, announcement this week, but... I actually misread the calendar, and the announcement isn't until next Tuesday. So that'll be on next week's episode, and we'll just continue on with the breakdowns um, of the American League this week um, and just pick the Hall of Fame discussion up next week. Um, But before we jump into the breakdown and then the future Hall of Famer retirement potentially, uh, you know, how you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. Uh, I was a little sick last week, but I'm, um, you know, I'm better now and uh, just been uh, hanging out, watching some uh, watching some sports, watching some basketball, football this weekend. Um, you know, I'm excited to talk about a little bit of baseball. There haven't been too much news going on lately. So, uh, you know, once a week when we have our show is usually the only time I get to talk about baseball too much. Uh, it's just not that all that much to talk about. So um, definitely, uh, definitely excited to get into it. But uh, but yeah, everything's going pretty well and uh, I'm ready to get started here. Well, glad you're feeling better. I know last week when we were talking, you uh, you had felt pretty bad, and you know that's kind of why we ended up pushing the episodes off. And I wasn't feeling great myself, but you know we're back to normal, and I'm glad you had uh, you know that your scares are are good, and you're you're back to being healthy. But let's go ahead and jump in. You know we have our the, the John Lester ended up retiring this uh, actually on Wednesday before our last episode, and we just kind of kind of spaced it with the Hall of Fame talk, but. You know, John Lester's a guy who's 16 years in his career, 200, um, 200 career wins on the nose, actually, exactly 200. Um, you know, I think it was a 366 ERA for his career with a 378 FIP. So, you know, his uh, his peripherals kind of line up with what kind of pitcher he was throughout his career. Um, almost 2,500 strikeouts, uh, most known for his nine years in Boston and then signing, um, you know, in that with that Chicago Cubs team right there in 2015, right before they started their uh, – you know, their playoff runs and everything. But what was your impressions on John Lester's career? Well, uh, John Lester was a fantastic pitcher for his career. Um, you know, he put up a, um, you know, really nice stat line, you know, the 2,700 innings in his career, um, you know, a 8.1 strikeout per nine, 2.93 walk per nine, pretty solid numbers there. Uh, 366 ERA. Uh, my impressions are that John Lester was a fantastic pitcher. Um, you know, was on a lot of real memorable teams. The 07 Red Sox that won the World Series. Um, the uh, you know, and he, and he pitched in that postseason some. Uh, even though that was really his, his second year in the big leagues. You know, he was on the uh, obviously the the 2013 Red Sox that won the World Series. The 2016 Cubs were definitely the most memorable team he was on, breaking their long World Series drought. Uh, but uh, he's a guy who, you know, I, I always thought of as a really solid pitcher. Um, I don't know if he, he's quite a Hall of Fame worthy for me. Um, you know, I, I don't think he had a stretch where he was just unbelievably dominant. He had a couple of really good seasons. 2014, 2015, 2016 was a really good stretch for him. Uh, you also look at, uh, you know, a little bit of the, you know, 08, 09, 10 seasons were really solid. But I don't think he ever put up like a, you know, three or four year stretch where he was just untouchable. Uh, to put him in that Hall of Fame category. He was just a real durable, long-term pitcher who had a couple of borderline ace-level seasons, uh, who was typically like a really, really good number two pitcher. 
Um, you know, I kind of put him in that like Mark Burley, Tim Hudson type category for me. But uh, you know, what a what a great career for him, and uh, congrats to him on his retirement. Hope everything, uh, you know, hope he hope he has a great uh, great retirement. So. Yeah, I had thought that Lester was going to retire at the end of 2020. Um, it had just kind of seemed like that was the way it was going. His contract with the Cubs was up. Um, and then he ended up signing a one-year deal with Washington. And then um, I guess he had said about halfway through the year decided that he really did want to retire and uh, ended up getting traded to the Cardinals and, and was able to, to secure his 200th win. So, you know, really happy that he was able to come back and get that 200th win. I know it's a big milestone for pitchers. Um, uh you know, to reach that kind of 200 win mark or, or even numbers in the marks. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be sad to see him go. He, he wasn't kind of what he was in, earlier in his career, but still one of the, you know, one of the better pitchers that probably won't get talked about enough for our kind of generation of at least our gener mine and yours generation of baseball. But, uh, you know, congrats on his retirement. Let's go ahead and, and jump into the to the uh, AL Central breakdown now. We'll go ahead and start with the Chicago White Sox, who ended up winning this division, um, going 93-69. and 69. Uh, You know, you look at kind of what they lost so far the offseason. They've lost uh, Cesar Hernandez, Carlos Rodon, uh, and bullpen arm Ryan Tapera. Uh, the ads, you know, they ended up bringing Larry Garcia back um, after letting him go earlier in the year and then signing Kendall Graven for the bullpen. Yeah, so uh, you know the White Sox last year obviously won the division, uh, lost three to one in the ALDS. Um, you know, I think their biggest uh, their biggest thing, their outlook, if you will, for next year and and you know what the going forward is, uh, you know, take that next step. I mean, last year they were really good. Um, you know, it was really their best year. It was kind of their breakout year. I know they made the postseason year before last in the short 2020 season, but this was really their breakout year. They had you know Lance Lynn. And Giolito pitched really well, but they also had the the, the Carlos Rodon breakout and the uh, Dylan Cease breakout this past year that really helped them put up a four deep that rivaled anybody's four deep in the major leagues on, on the pitching staff. And then, um, you know, look at their bullpen was insanely good and their lineup was good. I mean, they were really one of the better teams in baseball. They only won 93 games, but really felt like a team that with a little bit more injury luck could have won well over 100 games. So, um, you know, they, they, they did lose Rodon. We'll see, if, you know, what happens there if they bring him back. He was oft injured, so, you know, he might end up not getting the contract that he wants from the White Sox. But, uh, you know, you look at this lineup, Tim Anderson, Yol Moncada, Jose Abreu, Osmani Grandal, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez. I mean, that's like six guys that are all potential all-stars next year. And, uh, you know, even their kind of depth pieces like Adam Engel, Gavin Sheets are, are good. Andrew Vaughn's got a lot of potential. Yuri Garcia was good last year. Um, and that's not to mention some of their, um, you know, some of their prospects. Then, you know, obviously with through their bullpen and their, and their rotation, I mean, they're still, you know, their rotation still got a, a really good three deep at the top of it. And then, you know, you look at their bullpen, they still got Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell and Aaron Bummer right there, as long, along with Kendall Graveman and Garrett Crochet. I mean, this, is a, this team is just stacked with, with talent. And uh, we'll see if they can put it together. Um, they could probably use a little bit more help in their bench, maybe a, like a, a corner outfielder that platoons a little bit with like an Adam Engel. Um, you know, obviously, I think Andrew Vaughn's going to DH, but this guy got Gavin Sheets as well for DH. And uh, I mean, I, I think this team is, you know, as built right now is like far beyond the favorite in this division. And uh, you know, they they still got room to maybe even get better if they if they got the payroll space for it. So. I uh, really like the White Sox this year. 
Yeah, and another thing to look at is I know you mentioned Craig Kimbrell there, but there's still a lot of talk that they might trade him as well. Um, so that would be interesting to see. You know, another thing I think that they could use is is like a swing man or like a, a long man that could that could either be a starter or kind of pitch that mul- multiple innings out of the bullpen. You know, Dallas Keuchel, who pitched 160 innings last year, he was not good. He had a 5.28 ERA. Uh, I know they're going to put they're going to try to Kopech back in the rotation um, at least to start the year. Uh, but he only pitched 69 innings and last year, and he hasn't pitched a full major league season in I think two or three years. Uh, so, you know, they're going to need somebody else that could be able to fill in the innings um, through Kopech. I know they do have Rolando Lopez down there who could probably fill that role as well, and maybe they they do a Kopech and Crochet type. Hey, you start the season as the the starter, and this one's the long man, and kind of go back and forth with that, but. Uh, just somebody else, and maybe that's a potential, you know, with Craig Campbell trading that, maybe you get somebody in that as well, and and that would help clear out the payroll space, um, you know, if they don't have it right this second. But that's another interesting thing that they could do, and, you know, they're, I think they're far and away still the best team in this division, um, and I don't think it's really close. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, nobody else. I, I don't even know if anybody else right now I'd pick to go 500. So, I mean, the White Sox are, if they're healthy this year, they'll win. 10 more games than they did last year. They'll be over 100 wins if they if they if this team as constructed now stays healthy. Absolutely. Well, we'll go to the second place team in this division and that's the Cleveland Guardians. Hey, I got it right this time. Yeah, there right. you go. Didn't, um, didn't say the Indians. Right. But, uh, um, until until right then. But Yeah, but uh looking at their additions, um their really only addition was a new name. So, um they haven't really added much so far. Uh and then um, you know, their losses weren't, weren't hurting too bad. They, they lost Roberto Perez, who they actually, I believe, DFA'd. Um, and then they lost, um, they also lost uh, Brian Shaw, who was actually pretty good for them in the bullpen, and Harold Ramirez, who did play some outfield for them. Uh, Perez was uh, club option declined. but Club option declined, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, the, the only two things they added was uh, Sandy Leone and, and Yell De Los Santos, and those are both minors deals. Uh, and, and like you said, the, they didn't lose much as far as their, um, you know, major league team. Harold Ramirez is probably another one that, you know, he had played quite a bit for them, but they ended up, I think, DFAing him or outrighting him. Yeah. But I uh, know they actually traded him to the Cubs. That's right. Yeah. But you know, if you if you look at kind of what their their team is is, they're not young, where they have a bunch of time to rebuild. You know, a lot of their players that they're counting on are starting to get into the middle twenties to upper twenties. Uh, you know, Miles Straw, who they traded for last year, is 27. Ahmed Rosario is 26. Fran Mills, 26. Um, you know, and then Jose Ramirez, who their star, he's about to turn 30 this year. So if they're not getting getting ready to compete this year, which it doesn't look like it is, it seems like they're wanting to reset. Um, you know, a potential deadline deal for JRAM is something that they could use as a need um, and, and just really restack the young talent and try and you know, go for a next a year or two later down the line. Um, if they do plan to compete this year, they need to get some outfield help and they need to get some more bullpen because that starting rotation is is really good. You know, Shane Bieber, Cal Quantrill, Zach Plesac, Aaron Savali, and Tristan McKenzie. That is a good one through five for your starting um, rotation. But their bullpen, you know, you got Class A and Karen Check who are really good. But then, you know, their third best reliever last year was Anthony Goats. Who is a converted outfielder? Who was he was really good, but for only six, you know, six and two thirds innings. So outside of that, they, you know, they need some bullpen help and outfield if they want to compete this year. And if that's not the case, then look to dealing Jose Ramirez as soon as you can for as much value as you can. 
Yeah, so the 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 Guardians are an interesting team for me because it just it feels like if they were willing to spend a little bit of money, they could still be really good. I mean, they've got a a, a really good pitching rotation, like you said. That's kind of their strength of their team. Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge Kyle Quantrill believer, but Shane Bieber is one of the best pitchers in the game. Zach Plesac, Aaron Savali have both shown the ability to be really solid mid rotation guys. And then Tristan McKenzie has a lot of potential to, to, to continue to, to continue to grow and become, you know, a pretty solid mid rotation guy. Cal Quantrill could be that too. Uh, I'm not saying he can't, you know, I, I'm just not quite as big of a believer as I am with those other guys, but, um, you know, you look at their bullpen, they've got a really good start to their bullpen. Emmanuel Classe is, is one of the best relievers in the game. Um, James Karinchak uh, was overused a little bit, but, you know, he's still really good. Um, I think the sticky stuff thing might have hurt him just a tiny bit, but he'll adjust. He's, he's going to be solid. Walked a few too many guys last year. You know, walks are real volatile for relievers. He'll be fine. Um, but, uh, you know, like like we talked about, that that, that team, especially in the outfield, just got to get better. I mean, Miles Straw was a pretty interesting acquisition from Houston last year. Um, you know, I don't, I think he could potentially play a, a good role for a good team, but I mean, right now you're looking at left fielder being Stephen Kwan, who is a, uh, their number 47 prospect in their opening day left fielder right now. You're looking at, you know, Bradley Zimmer playing right field for them. Uh, you know, uh, I mean that now one, one thing that they are missing is, um, they're, you know, they're missing Josh Naylor who, you know, they got in the in the in a big trade with for Clevenger a couple of years ago, who showed a little bit of promise, but you know, he he was lost last year to ankle surgery, so uh, you know, he'll probably factor in at some point. But um, you know, they they got they, they if they spent a little bit of money on a couple corner outfielders, um, you know, the lineup could be serviceable. I don't especially love Brett, Bobby Bradley at first base. I don't think he's all that good, but Framil Reyes, Jose Ramirez are both really solid players. Ramirez being one of the best players in the game. You got Ahmed Rosario, who's a, a pretty solid shortstop. Not great, but he's 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 serviceable. He's an everyday player. Um, you know, they could probably use a little bit more help at the plate at catcher, but Austin Hedges is a really good defensive catcher. Um, Andres Jimenez might take a step forward. I mean, there's there's some pieces to like with this team, but I mean, like like you said, they they just got to get better on the offensive side, and it, all that it wouldn't take all that much for them to get better and, and to be in contention for at least a wild card spot. I just don't think they're going to do it because they don't want to spend money. So um, really uh, disappointing that they haven't that they've decided that that's going to be their choice to not spend any money. They also do have some pretty good prospects that can factor in a little bit this year too. So uh, we'll see if they end up factoring in like guy like you know Tyler Freeman or um, you know they have uh, uh, Bo Naylor who's a, who's a double A catcher you know they've they've got some interesting prospects that could come up and factor in so just uh, you know it's kind of a shame that this team's not going to be able to reach their potential because sounds like they're not going to spend money so yeah Nolan Jones would be another one that could potentially oh, yeah, be Nolan that, Jones, uh, sure. that a right field a uh, right field guy he's played some right field in the minors but. You know, talking about a team that that didn't want to spend much money to a team that you know has been a big spender so far in this offseason. That's the third place team in this division, uh, the Detroit Tigers, who finished the year seventy seven and eighty five. But I would say that was a, a lot better than me, you, or pretty much anyone really expected from the Tigers this past year. Um, you know, and then looking at their who they lost list, you know, I I, I joked earlier when we were prepping the show, like how did they how did they win this much when you're losing guys like. Jose Urania, Julio Tehran, Willie Peralta, Derek Holland, 
Like those were some of your people who gave you, you know, a good amount of innings this year. Um, also losing a guy like Nico Goodrum, who was a solid utility guy, Grayson Griner, who played catcher for them for a while. Um, you know, and then Matt Boyd, who was a, a guy that they was top of the rotation starter for them um, for a while. But, you know, and it, but then you look at who they added. Tucker Barnhart's really good defensive catcher. Uh, and then they ended up spending the big money uh, with Eduardo Rodriguez and Javier Baez. Yeah, so um, the Tigers are a team that I'm a little bit conflicted on because I think they've got some good pieces. But there's some things that really need to go right here. Stuff like, you know, Javi Baez – it's got it. That's got to go right. I mean, he he had some good moments last year when after he got traded to the Mets, to where like his plate discipline improved some after the trade. And if that trend continues, then I really think Javi Baez could be a, a an underrated addition in baseball this year. Because defensively, he's fantastic. At the plate, he's he's good. Um, but you look at uh, and you look at some pieces. They got some underrated players. Jamer Candelario is a very underrated player. Robbie Grossman is a criminally underrated. Uh, but you know, and, and you've got a couple young guys like Akil Badu uh, that that might be you know that that might be for real. Um, but I mean, you know, they they don't seem to have that much depth. Um, you know, I look at maybe like a a guy like Tucker Barnhart. Uh, I mean, Miguel Cabrera is just not capable of playing at a high level anymore, and he's going to start for them, I guess, because he's Miguel Cabrera. But, uh, you know, Jonathan Scope's just okay now. Um, you know, not to say he couldn't have a good year, but he's not, you know, he's not great. This team's going to struggle defensively. Uh, I think the real interesting parts of this team are going to be the guys that come up. How are they going to do? Like Spencer Torkelson's probably going to be up this year, and he is – as good of a hitting prospect as we have in baseball right now. Uh, you look at their pitching, Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Matt Manning, um, all those guys, Tyler Alexander, and, and then more guys they have in the minor leagues that could potentially come up. All those guys are potential, you know, how, you know, how are they going to grow next year? Is Casey Mize going to take another step? He, he looked a lot better last year than he had in the past. Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal, they showed a lot of potential. They're great prospects. How are they going to take the step forward? And then their bullpen actually doesn't look that bad. Michael Fulmer really came back into his own in the bullpen. Uh, you got Gregory Soto, who, who had a good year, was an all-star last year. Um, and then you look down their list. I mean, you, you've got some pretty nice pieces, like Joe Jimenez even, who was who was awful last year, has had good, good seasons in the past where he was – you know, a capable reliever. You got a guy like Alex Lynch, who, you know, was a first round draft pick that, you know, is now in the bullpen. So you got some really interesting pieces. Um, you know, you got a couple pieces that, that'll probably come back. I don't know if Spencer Turnbull will be back at all this year. He had Tommy John surgery in July. I would assume he probably doesn't come back, but you know, he was, he had, he was pretty good last year. Um, and then, you know, it's just one of those things where I think a lot of it's going to depend on how these young guys grow and uh, how they develop into being, you know, big time players. And I also think the Tigers aren't done spending yet. So I think my outlook for them is really, you know, are, can they get into contention this year? Because they really need more bats. Um, you know, they could probably use one more experienced pitcher. Um, you know, I don't know how that Tyler Alexander experiment's going to go. I don't know if you can rely on three young guys to all, you know, take another step forward in the same year. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez was a really nice signing, but I don't know how, you know, I don't know how he would do as an ace um, on a contending team. So maybe they can take that next step if they add just a few more pieces. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, you know, after the lockout ends. 
Yeah, another guy that I'm really interested to see if he'll come up this year. I don't know if he will, but that's Riley Green. He's a, a 21-year-old prospect they have. Uh, you know, tremendous potential. He reached AAA last year. Um, so I'm not sure if they're if they would bring him up this year, but he's a guy who, if they were, uh, you know, he's he's going to be a boomer bust type guy. But he's somebody I'm really interested that um, to see what he can do. It, you know, he definitely can't be much worse than what Victor Reyes was given them for production in center field, anyways. So, you know, but like you said, I I don't I'm not convinced that they're done spending either. They're you know usually when the Tigers get aggressive, they get really aggressive, and they've already signed Eduardo Rodriguez and Javi Baez. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that they were going to go out and sign any of the other remaining free agents, maybe outside of Freddie Freeman, because they already have an old first baseman that they don't need to pay another, you know, first baseman to get ready to enter his mid thirties. But I wouldn't be surprised if they signed anybody else pretty much. Uh, so, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see if those guys can take the next step from that pitching staff. Matt Manning wasn't good last year. Scooble was better, but I think he needs to take that next step. And then what's Alexander going to give you? You know, he gave you a 381 ERA and 106 innings. Is he going to be able to take the, the jump to 150 innings or more this year? That's going to be interesting. Uh, and then that, that lineup, you know, if Torkelson comes up, they, they just need a lot to go to go right, um, you know, with some of their players yeah. like Scope and, and, you know, they would need Miggy to just give them anything more than he can because a three one six on base and a three eighty six slugging for a guy like Miguel Cabrera is just not gonna really cut it right now. Yeah, and, and one other thing that's a really underrated facet of the game right now that this team doesn't have is defense. Yeah. And I mean Javi Baez is a great defender at shortstop, but other than him, they really don't have any good defenders on the entire roster. Like in the in the starting lineup. Tarka Barnhart's a good defender at catcher, but you know, out in the field you know, Jonathan Scope really can't play second base anymore. He really should be playing first base. And, um, you know, it's just, it's interesting. Um, I think that um, we'll see what happens. I'll be, I'll be interested. I don't know, you know, any guy like, like on a kill Badu, like, is he going to be, I mean, he was good last year. Is he going to take another step forward or is he a flash in the pan? Like we never, we just don't know. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, and he was more of a platoon guy last year, so he's going to have to play a lot more too. Yeah, 461 at bats or played appearances last year, so you know he didn't play every day. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm intrigued by by this team. They're going to be a lot more entertaining than they were because last year went probably about as best case scenario as it could have, and they were eight games under 500. So right. um, you know that's not a you know that's not a very good team. And this year. You know, this year I could see them having a similar record, but just being a much better team than they were with the similar record. So, absolutely, as a, as they are right now, at least. Yep. So let's go ahead and jump to the to the fourth team that finished in this division, and that was the Kansas City Royals, who finished seventy four and eighty eight. Um, you know, you look at their loss lists as well. They lose some some of their veteran pitchers, uh, Wade Davis, Greg Holland, Irvin Santana, um, guys who were kind of on the back end of their career with Wade Davis actually even retiring already. Um, and then Kyle Zimmer is another guy who they end up DFAing. Uh, they haven't added much. They just added a reliever um, from Arizona by the name of Taylor Clark, uh, who hasn't been very good in his career. I think last year had almost a five ERA. Uh, you know, they're a team that they we, they've been in the rebuilding phase. I think they kind of overperformed a little bit last year, kind of on the the back of Salvador Perez just carrying the entire team. Uh, you know, and then if you look at least from my end, if you look at their needs, they need some health if they can get. You know, a guy like Alberto Mondesi to play a whole year, if they can get a guy, um, you know, if Salvi can stay healthy, if, if 
Whit Merrifield, which is a guy I think they should probably trade, but I think they might have even passed the point where yeah, they could trade him for a, a good amount. Um, you know, and then young pitching development. They have some some good pitching. You know, Brad Keller, Brady Singer, Bubik, Carlos Hernandez. They can be good, but they all need to take a, a good step. I mean, none of them had a, you know, uh, you know, at least minus Hernandez. Hernandez had a 3.68 ERA in 85 innings, but the other guys all pitched over 130 innings, and none of them had an ERA below four point, yeah, below 4.4. You know, and you're not going to expect Mike Miner to give you much else, but. They need that young pitching to take a to take a step forward, and then just some health to see what you got in a guy like Alberto Mondesi if he could stay healthy because I think he could be really good. He just can never stay on the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that that development of some of these players is going to be big for them. Um, you look at uh, you know, this is a weird team because they've got some some guys who are aging, and they've got some guys who are. Um, you know, they got some guys who are young and need development, you know, like Whit Merrifield. Um, he's been a great player for them for a while, but he's 33 and he's a contact batter that, you know, his primary thing is, you know, contact and, and stealing bases. That doesn't typically age all that well. So, you know, how's that going to work out? Nicky Lopez had a great year last year. You know, we'll see if he ends up being able to, to uh, you know, to, to do that again. But, I mean, you know, Salvador Perez, I think it's been chronicled. <laughs> um you know, hits all those home runs. He really can't catch for worth anything now, but hit a lot of home runs. You know, he might even have him as like a DH at some point. He's such a good – he's been so good at the plate the last year or two. Um, you know, that they've got some pieces there. Andrew Benintendi's a pretty nice piece. He's, you know, still not, not old. He's got another year left there. Um, you know, you look at some of these guys, uh, you know, like you said, Mondesi – uh, Hunter Dozier, a couple guys who could continue to grow a little bit. Mondesi really needs to – he could be really, really, really good if he could cut down on them strikeouts just a little bit uh, and stay healthy. That's, that's a big deal too. Uh, you know, you look at obviously, um, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be a big piece for them. How's he going to do coming up, playing in the big leagues this year? I don't know if he'll be there opening day, but, you know, he'll be there early. Um, you know, part of that probably depends on – honestly on the uh, – on what happens with the CBA, but um, whether he's up opening day or in, or two weeks from opening day, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what what happens there. Uh, they got some nice pieces. Uh, I like the top end of their bullpen. Their bullpen is really a little bit deeper than I thought they were, but um, you know the top end of that bullpen is great. Scott Barlow is fantastic. Um, you know Stallmont could cut down on them walks just a little bit, but he's really good too. Um, you know they've got some really nice pieces there. Uh, you know, the big thing for me is just that rotation is bad. I mean, Mike Miner at age 34 as your ace is not good. Uh, Brad Keller is just a, you know, back end of the rotation arm for his, he's, that's what he's going to be for his career. Brady Singer has some potential. I think Chris Bubik has some potential. Um, I don't know about Carlos Hernandez, but he could end up being okay, I guess. Um, you know, he has brought in, um, you know, he, he was brought up last year and, and did pretty decent 85 innings. But um, this is a team that just doesn't feel – it feels like they have to make a lot of acquisitions to move the bar, especially on the pitching staff and, and, and really some of the depth of their lineup. But uh, it feels like, you know, they're going to repeat what they did last year, honestly. I mean, without making a bunch of additions. They're a little bit in the same boat of the of the Guardians as in if they were to spend a lot of money, they could probably improve this team well enough to be a wild card contender. But as of right now, they're just not good enough. I mean, and 
there's enough pieces out there that they're probably not even like a 500 level team right now. So uh, definitely Royals definitely need to make a lot of improvements, but uh, it feels like they could be a year or two away. Maybe if they are able to really, um, you know, if they're able to really make some, uh, you know, make some improvements to their roster in the next year or two, you know, through free agency and trades. So, yeah, a big, a big thing for that's going to be what does the, the young pitching do? Um, because if, if you have three or four really good young pitchers, um, you know, and they have a couple other prospects in um, Daniel Lynch and Jackson Coar who weren't good when they came up this year, um, but they, you know, it, and Asa Lacy too. Yeah, I was going mean, to say, don't forget Asa Lacy. He's he, going to be really should, good when he, he gets He up. might even be up this year as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's 22, tw- about to turn 23, he's but he has a pitch above high A. So – he he probably might he probably won't be up this year, but um, you know within the next year or two, if you have four really good potential young starters, that's a place that other people will want to go to because they can see the potential in it. So they just need to see that those starters take that next step, and then you know see if what you have in Bobby Witt, if 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 he can get up there, if Montesi can stay healthy, see what you've got in him. Um, you know, Nicky Lopez, Kyle Isbell was really good last year as well. Um, and then if you're able to resign a guy like Andrew Benintendi. So, you know, the Royals, they are a couple years away, but they need to show some improvement so that when that the, that spending spree does come for them or, you know, they look to make those key additions that it's a place that people want to go to. Um, so, but let's move on to the team that finished last in this division, and that's the Minnesota Twins who finished uh, 73 and 89, 20 games back of this division. Uh, you know, you look at their loss list, they lose Alex Colomay, who was a, a bullpen arm for them, and Drelton Simmons, uh, Mike Pineda, who was a, a starter that they looked to potentially move at the deadline, didn't end up doing that, um, and then Williams Astudio, uh, and then who they've added so far, they've added Jake Faria and uh, Dylan Bundy. Yeah, so the Twins were a, uh, <laughs> they're, they're a little bit of an enigma. Um, you know, last year, they were, really were pretty good offensively and their team to me looks like it could potentially repeat that um you know right now i mean last year you look at their offensive um their offensive value um you know when you when calculating war they were they were positive on their offensive value and they were ninth in the big leagues uh if you look at just raw like numbers of runs scored uh, you know they were 15th so they were top half team in uh, in the big leagues in in scoring runs but, um, you know, their problems come in as being just atrociously bad defensively. You know, one of the worst, you know, bottom five. Um, you look at them, you know, and that can that can be put through, like, look at the players. I mean, you know, Jorge Polanco was playing short most of the year because Simmons was hurt and out. And Jorge Polanco is just not very good at short. Josh Donaldson, not good at third anymore. He was fantastic defensively. He's no longer a great defender, even though he can still put it up at the, pl- at the plate. Uh, you know, their outfield, you know, when Buxton's not playing, just doesn't have really good defenders out there. Um, so, I, I mean, this team was – they were they're, they're, they were better than their record last year, I think. Uh, but they never really got it going. They struggled defensively, um, you know. They have some aging players. They have some holes in their lineup. They really need, you know, improvements from, you know, Alex Kirilov. Trevor Larnock's kind of an interesting player. They really need him to, to step up some. But, uh, you know, some of the guys in their lineup just aren't going to cut it next year. You look at, like, like Miguel Sano's just not a very good player. I mean, he's okay, I guess. But, you know, he's just not a great player. I mean, Luis Arias, you know, if he could hit 
if he could hit the ball, you know, slug a little bit better, he'd be good. But, you know, he's a slap hitter, and he doesn't really have a great defensive position. Um, you know, Byron Buxton staying healthy, and, and just general health would be great for this team because Buxton was out a lot. You know, Josh Donaldson played a lot last year, but he was still 543 plate appearances, missed, you know, roughly 30 games. You know, dealt with some off and on injuries. Mitch Garver didn't play a lot last year, missed a lot of the season. So that, that definitely hasn't helped them. Um, but, I mean, I think you look at the big issue for them is their pitching. I mean, their pitching is – I mean, it's rough. And, really, they, they lost Kenta Maeda to Tommy John surgery. He won't be pitching this year. So, I mean, their ace coming into the year is Dylan Bundy, who had a six ERA and was one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year. So, and other than that, they've got a bunch of no-name guys who have never really done anything in their careers that make you think that they're going to – you know, take a step forward, but uh, Bailey Ober may have a shot to be a little bit better. He had pretty good, pretty decent peripherals last year. Um, you know, but you know, when, especially when it comes to like strikeout to walk ratio, but he got hit around a lot, gave up a lot of home runs. So maybe he could take a step forward this year. But I mean, that that's just not a very good looking rotation. And their bullpen's just not very deep. They got a couple good guys at the top, but um, they this is a team that to me. They they could maybe be a borderline contender if everything goes right, but the pitching is so bad. I, I mean, they'd have to add a couple of starters, and I just don't know if they're going to do that right now. I mean, they seem to be kind of hell bent on having taken like a year off of contention. I don't think they want to take like a full fledged rebuild, but maybe a retool and maybe go after a couple pitchers next off season via trade and stuff. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. That they're at least a you know, they've got enough pieces to be an interesting team, so. Well, I hate to break it to you. They took a year off of contending this year, finishing last in the division. But, you know. You, well, yeah, you, but when I say that, I mean, last year they were trying. They were just failing at it. <laughs> I know. I was. It was the yeah. Best what no, I got you. I, but, I got you. But, you know, you make a good point. Looking at their starting pitching rankings um, for last year, you know, they in walks per nine, they were seventh. But in every other pitching category, they didn't rank above 20th. ERA, they were 25th. Whip, they were 20th. Ks per nine, 24th. Hits per nine, 25th. Homers per nine, 26th. Like, they were not good starting pitching-wise. Even their bullpen wasn't the greatest. They were a little bit better. Whip was 15th. Strikeouts per nine was 16th. Um, you know, walks per nine was 9th. But then they're, you know, 20th, 19th, and 24th in the other three categories. So this is a team that the pitching and defense, like you said, the defense is really, really bad. They, I think they are a little bit more interesting because they actually do have some good prospects that could come up. Royce Lewis um, is a guy who could be up within the next year or two. Jordan Blazovich, um, Johan Duran, Simeon Wood Richardson, and Drew Strotman. Those are four pitchers that could come up, four young pitchers that could come up and have you know a, a decent impact on that starting rotation, and maybe a couple of them are really good. Um, they still do have Austin Martin as well, who could be an outfielder for them, could you know, they could put him and Royce Lewis as that second shortstop type guy, um, you know, middle infield duo with Buxton up the middle. So so they do have a little bit of of prospects that could help them make this, you know, like you said, maybe take the year off, get some younger pitchers if they do want to give these guys a chance, maybe get another ace level guy if they trade a couple of them and want to get back contending sooner. 
you know, but if you look at a, a team like this compared to a team like the, you know, the Tigers where they don't have much prospect depth and they're going to have to spend a lot of money. I don't think the twins have to, if they give their younger guys a shot and they're able to develop that defense because they really are a good offensive team. It's just, they got to find somewhere to get some defense uh, and, and to get that starting pitching to be a lot better. And the starting pitching will be better if they have a better defense. That's, that's something that, you know, doesn't get talked about enough. Why the, the problem with the Phillies the past couple of years has been, they have really good starters, but the defense has been awful. So this, they're not getting the most out of their starters unless it's Wheeler and Nola striking out, you know, 14 people a game so you know the the twins they are a lot closer but they do need to make some strides on the pitching if they want to compete this year and if not then you know give those young guys a shot and see if they can set you up for a year or two down the line um, to where you can be that really competitive team again because they do have some good young pieces you know Buxton's still 28 Polanco's still 28 Kepler's about to be 29 um, but then you have Kirilov Larnock and then if you throw in Royce Lewis and Austin Martin with that, I mean that's a that's a pretty good you know five to six core that's right around their you know starting to enter their prime of twenty eight through thirty age, um, and then the younger guys. But but uh, you know another thing they could use maybe another bench guy as well. But yeah, um, I think everyone in this division, other than I mean maybe the White Sox, needs to add a lot to have any chance of contention. I mean even wild card level. I mean it's yeah. Especially There's not with, a lot, you know. Especially with how the AL East was, which we'll talk about that, um, you know, in one of the upcoming episodes with, with their four or five team or four teams that were competing last year. The AL West, who have been making moves, the Angels have made moves, the the you know the Mariners have made moves, the Rangers are trying to push their way up. We're not even though they're not there yet, um, you know. And then the Astros are still going to be there, even though they've lost Correa, they still could bring him back or. or you know, but they're still going to be a, a competitive team for a wild card. So it's going to be hard for any of these teams to, you know, try and win this division at all. And, and then the White Sox are just going to beat up on this division. So. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you have anything else that you want to you want to hit on or, or talk about in, in this one before we wrap it up? Um, not an awful lot. Um, obviously we talk about the the Hall of Fame next week. Um, there'll be some really excited people, some really disappointed people with that. You know, we talked about that last week. So if you want to go back to listen to our episode last week, we had a lot of thoughts on that. I think next week we'll probably talk a lot about the Hall of Fame. And uh, I thought an interesting idea might be to potentially talk about some players who are currently playing that we think will end up making the Hall of Fame. So um, you know, we talked about John Lester earlier. We it seems like we kind of agree, but Maybe Damien thinks he has a shot. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, uh, we'll, that'll be interesting to look at next week. Um, I mean, uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about a little bit of the collective bargaining uh, going on right now between Major League Baseball and the players. I think we talked about it some last week, but they had they did have a meeting, um, and it didn't seem to go awfully far. So that's kind of the update on that, even though, um, you know, there's not a lot going on there. Like, they need to start getting some deadline set, start looking at, you know, hey, we need to have this done by, you know, hopefully by middle of February when, you know, when spring training would start. But that's starting to look pretty unlikely at this point. Um, that needs some movement bad in the next week or two because every week we go by without getting a, a major update on it is not a good sign. So uh, we definitely are starting to look at, you know, losing game time, uh, at least, you know, spring training time. From, from that right now um so 
definitely some interesting stuff going on. Um, things are slow right now, but uh, obviously we've, you know, as we've discussed, there's a lot open in that free agent market. And all these teams we talked about with our outlook today, you know, could improve. I mean, any of them could, you know, they could go out that free agent market once the lockout ends. And I mean, there's several really, really good players out there. I mean, um, I, you never know who might be who might be going where. So it'll be very interesting to see. I'm uh, I'll be entertained by uh you know by that. There'll be a quick rush to the toward the regular season. So um, you know we're uh, we're getting close. Um, you know hopefully to to getting you know hopefully get back to baseball. If you just look at days, I've been seeing stuff that you know we're 30 days from spring trainings, pitchers and catchers reporting 35 days. I don't I don't know the exact date, but um, you know. We're, getting close as long as uh you know major league baseball and the players association can handle their business so um hopefully uh, hopefully that happens but um you know we'll see and we'll keep moving along through our uh you know through our breakdowns here and probably in, you know probably not next week because the hall of fame stuff but maybe in next week or in a couple weeks so um def- definitely thanks for uh, thanks for being here and tuning in to us and uh, we'll uh you know we'll talk to y'all uh we'll, we'll be we'll be breaking this stuff down till the season starts so yeah, and these these breakdowns are even a good way for us to remember what's happened. You know, I think earlier we were even looking like, oh, I forgot this player went here or, or this move happened. So, um, you know, it's a good refresher for everyone. And, and like you said, hopefully we get some more CBA news because it's just about a month. Um, usually pitchers and catchers are somewhere around the 13th to the 18th of February start reporting. So we're just about that date. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen on time just with the pace of the negotiations and, and uh, you know, them negotiating for a couple hours and taking – a week and a half off. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but hopefully we get some more news of that. You know, we'll have the hall of fame next week and then, uh, then plenty of time to continue these division breakdowns. And hopefully we have some breaking news in the middle of that. Once we get this, uh, this lockout ending, cause it's going to be a fast and furious pace. I feel like once, um, you know, once the lockouts ended, I I'm not entirely sure that there's not some, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus, some backdoor negotiations going. So we might get a, a flurry of moves when the, uh, when the lockout ends, I wouldn't be surprised at that, but it's just a, or maybe that's just me being a little too hopeful um, of things during the lockout period, but. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like, uh, sounds like speaking of that, Carlos Correa just signed with uh, Scott Boris. So that'll be an yeah, interesting thing that. to look at. They asked, um, why do you switch in the middle of it? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, you know, that, that is an, another interesting part of news. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that more. So, but, you know, thank you guys for, for tuning in to this episode of, this, of the Batflip Podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, everybody.